like Jersey Jerry. I think we 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 got a gold mine in Jersey Jerry. Oh, I'm heating up now. This is gonna be something special. Welcome back to the Out of Respect Podcast. I'm your host, Jersey Jerry. Joining us today on the show, we got Balsamic Vin for support. Took a little break. Took two weeks off. Wanted to celebrate the holidays with the family. Special holiday for Jerry, too. Cinco de Jerry. That's five years for little Jerry. Five years sober. No drinks. No drugs. I stayed true. I stood by what I believe in. So today's a special day. We got Cinco de Jerry. This pod, it's for the fans. I had a lot of fans reach out to me over the weekend. You know, some fans congratulating me. Some fans were shocked. They had no idea. That I even used to use drugs. So I'm going to break it down for you guys. This is a special pod right here. I'm going to give you a little background on Jerry. And Jerry's life. It all started when I was about 15, 16. I didn't feel comfortable with myself. I wanted to fit in with the cool kids. You know, the popular kids. I started hanging around with people smoking pot. Smoking reefer. I decided to join a few times. I didn't like marijuana too much. Until one of the guys pulled out a prescription pill. It was a 10 milligram oxycodone. I took that pill. And ever since then, I started running. I fell in love with the high. I was chasing that first one. You know, there's a saying in sobriety. One is too many, and a thousand is never enough. And it couldn't be more true. I chased thousands and thousands and thousands of times. But I never had that feeling like I had that first pill. My life took a turn for the worst at about 18 years old. You know, after the prescription pills got too expensive, I decided it would be a good idea Maybe to get something cheaper. And I had a buddy. Who's actually still a buddy to this day. He's sober too. He said Jer. Why don't we try a little heroin. You know. I heard the heroin. Gets you just as high. And it's about five bucks. And you'll be high the whole day. I said fuck it. Let's go get some. That first bag of Heron, I was on a cloud. I fell in love again. I said, this is it. This is how I want to feel every single day. Every hour, this is how I want to feel. My life started spiraling out of control. I started checking in and out of rehabs. Mama Jersey 
crying, saying, Jer, why can't you just stop? This ain't no life, Jer. I was trying, but I never gave it my all. I always half-assed shit. I didn't take nothing serious. I said to myself, I can't die from this. Not Jerry. I started to see some friends disappear. Some friends die. Some friends get locked up. But the most important thing I saw, I saw some friends. They stopped. They changed their lives. And I didn't realize that till a few years later. Anyway, I checked into a Another rehab, by this time it's like my 6th or 7th one. It was called Integrity House in Newark, New Jersey. I was in there because I couldn't stop using heroin. Mama Jersey kicked me out. She said, you gotta go away again, Jer. You can't be around the house no more. You're robbing everything, you're stealing. This ain't no life, Jer. You gotta go try again, I'm sorry. So, I packed a little bag, had a connection over at Integrity House... Older, fe- older fellow named Tom, he got me in right away. I didn't take that one serious either. Actually, it got a lot worse. One of the guys says, Hey, Jer, I know you use heroin. You use crack with that too? I said, crack? What do you mean crack? I never used no crack before. He said, You want to take a trip to the moon, Jer? I said, the moon? He said, You never done crack cocaine? I said, I swear, I never done it. He said, do me a favor. After this rehab, if you don't get sober and you go on another one of your little runs here, why don't you go give it a shot? Like a sucker? I left that rehab two weeks later. I didn't want to be there no more. I was obsessing over this crack this guy was talking about. I went to the block. North 7th. I also went to North 11th and 4th down in Newark. I said, hey, Green Eyes, you know, you got any crack? He said, of course, Jerry, but you don't want this, trust me. I said, listen, how much? He said, $10 a hit. I said, fuck it. Give me a bag of crack. I took that bag. I came back home, I smoked it, and I fell in love. I couldn't get enough. You know, the crack high is only about 45 seconds to a minute, but it's an intense rush, and I fell in love with the rush. I even stopped doing heroin. I kicked that right to the side. Crack was my new love. I spent every last dollar on crack cocaine. Whatever I had for the day, whatever I can come up with. Ten bucks, two hundred bucks, whatever I could rob, whatever I could steal. Whatever I can get out of people. That's how much crack I smoked in a day. So, some days it was twenty dollars. Some days it was three, four hundred. That's just how it was. And I couldn't stop. No matter how much I tried, I couldn't stop. I didn't know what to do. You know, after the first year of smoking crack, thank God I have all my teeth here. But after the first year of smoking crack. I was about 117 pounds. I'll never forget it. Mama Jersey looked at me one night. I couldn't even eat the dinner at the dinner table. I had no appetite. She said, Jer, you're gonna die. 
You're going to die. Why don't you go on Facebook? Why don't you go see how Vinny's living? I said, who, Vin? Balsamic Vin? She said, yeah. Why don't you go see how Balsamic Vin is, li is living? He went away. Look at him now. Friends. Palm trees. Has his own job. Got a girlfriend out there. Living the life. He even made a best friend out there, Benny Blanco. Look how they're living, Jer. I went to Balsamic's page and I said to myself, Why not me? Why not Jerry? You know, my family had a little intervention. A couple days later, I was still smoking crack. I disappeared again for about four or five days. Mama Jersey found me next to a dumpster by the Dunkin' Donuts. She picked me up. I was filthy, haven't showered in days. She said, Jared's time. I'm putting you on a plane. You're going to Arizona. You're going to get away from here. I'm giving you one more chance, Jer. One more. This time I said to myself, I said, let me give this go around another shot. By this time, it's about my eighth or ninth rehab. I think it was my ninth one. I decided to fly out to Scottsdale, Arizona in a rehab facility called Desert Cove Recovery. I got picked up at the airport by a guy named Chrissy Stacks. Loaded pistol on the hip. I had no, I had no idea what I was in for. I said, I said, Chris. I said, you're allowed guns here? He said, oh yeah. Everybody got a gun here in Arizona. It's the wild, wild west, buddy. You'll get used to it. Had my bags. Drove back to the house. Met some of the guys. You know, and at first I really didn't want to be there. I didn't even really want to get sober. But I stuck it out. I said to myself, I ain't going to go out like this. I'm going to give it a fair chance. I met a counselor out there, my counselor. His name was Joe Ross. A lot of people know him as JR. From day one, JR showed me tough love. I remember sitting in the house. I was eating a couple pizza rolls. And one of my good friends, my best friend to this day, one of my best friends, his name was Charles Carrigan. He came up to me and he said, Jer, just so you know, you're in the room with me. It's called the Lion's Den. Your counselor's Joe Ross. I said, okay, no problem. He said, listen, it's a tough room. He's going to show you a lot of tough love. It's going to be hard in there. You're going to cry. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to get broken down in there. I only got a month and a half left in here. But I want you to stick it out. He's a good guy. I remember I was outside smoking a cigarette. And here's this man walking to me about six foot two. Fit. Real nice Versace suit on. He comes up to me and he says, you Jerry. I say, yeah, I'm Jerry. I went to shake his hand. He said, get that filthy crack smoking hand away from me, you junkie. And right from then, I knew I was in for a tough road here with this guy. You know, I sat in that room for 90 days. And one thing was made sure by Joe Ross. You're going to shut the fuck up and you're going to listen. Because the last couple years, you haven't been listening. So that's what I did. I shut my mouth and I listened. I remember asking JR, I said, Jay, 
I pull him to the side. It was after one of our groups. I said, JR, I said, uh, when does it stop? When does the lying? When does the cheating? When does the robbing? When does the getting arrested? When does the hurting the family? When does that all stop? And I'll never forget this. He looked me in his eyes. And he said, Jerry, it'll never stop until you stop. I didn't realize what that meant at the time, but now I get it. All I had to do was stop and not pick up, and I would never have to feel that way again. And I haven't felt that way in five years. I graduated that rehab. After 90 days, I graduated. I thought I was going home. JR had different plans for me. You know, about my 85th day, I said, so, you know, what's the next step? You know, my mom buying me a plane ticket, I'm getting out of here, I'm going back home. He said, Sonny, you ain't going nowhere. You're going to my sober living house. You're going to stay there for about three months. You're going to get a little job, you're going to save up some money, and you're going to go get a place for yourself. I listened to JR again. I took his advice. I went to that sober living. I got a job bagging groceries. At the local Fry supermarket, making minimum wage, but I didn't care. I was sober. I was having a good time. I met a few friends out there. I was one of the lucky ones. I saved up enough money. Me and Charlie Carrigan, we went and got our own place. Over at the Camden San Paloma. Beautiful apartment. Pool. Jacuzzi. Sauna. I felt like I was on top of the world making minimum wage out there in Arizona. You know, Charlie was there for me through it all. I owe, I owe a lot to Charlie. You know, on some days when I wanted to give up, Charlie pushed me. Because Charlie didn't quit either. Charlie lives a great life today. Just been blessed with, another, with a little girl named her Olive. You know, life is so precious. I lost a lot of loved ones, lost a lot, of, a lot of good friends, most importantly, my dear friend Polly Peppis. I miss you, Polly. I miss those times we shared, shared in Arizona. But one thing's for sure, and JR always told me this, he said, some people must die in order for others to live. And I get that today. I'm just one of the lucky ones. I didn't die. Because I didn't pick up. I stopped. I stayed stopped. And these last five years have been a blessing. I've been blessed with a great job. I've been blessed with two Frenchies. One of them pregnant. I'm going to be a grandpa soon. Here at the end of July. I'm expecting five puppies. I got my family back today. My family trusts me today. There's no more cameras inside the house watching my every move. There's no more mirrors on the walls watching me sleep so I don't go in the safe and steal some jewelry or money. I'm happy today. All because I stopped. I never gave up. 
And one thing's for sure, my family and friends, they never gave up on me either. They believed in me. And for the first time in my life, I believed in myself. I made it out of that dark place. I was living in hell. And today, I got a life beyond my wildest dreams. All the promises came true. Those 12 promises they have, they all came true. So today, I get to celebrate five years clean and serene. Another quote I love, and I'm going to end the show right here with this one. Balsamic used to send this to me all the time. It goes like this. Tough times, they don't last. Tough people do. This is simply out of respect.